0: This is a Bulldog Radio Podcast.
1: Gentlemen, it's Monday, so that means we have a lot of sports to go from last week, but also a new slate coming up this week as well. We are so excited to bring that to you. As always, I'm joined by my co-host Brandon Wirth, and I'm Joe Nagy. Brandon, how's it going? You know, after what
0: transpired yesterday it could be better, and we're gonna get into it in a minute, but I mean overall it's nice knowing that we're back in the studio for recapping all of the sports that are coming up this week because we got a lot of them, so it's going to be a good show.
1: Yeah, definitely. We got NFL to talk about today, a little bit about the PGA Tour. We talked about that last week a little bit, about Wingfoot and the uh, tournaments coming up. And then we're going to finish out with some NBA playoffs and how we think that's going to go down as well. But to start off, Brandon, what NFL games kind of caught your eye yesterday?
0: So, I mean... Just looking back, we can go with the first one. Kansas City, Houston, that was one of the most anticipated games coming into week one, obviously being the first one, seeing Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes coming up and facing off with both their new contracts being the top two paid quarterbacks in the NFL. Really anticipated a lot out of this game, and it. I think it was definitely one of those games where it was exciting, but everybody, everybody knew that it wasn't going to be as crisp as just precision based all of these like things you'd see in like a a week 10 or a week 12 when every team's pretty much starting to get dialed in for the the remainder of the season because I mean it's week one week one you're always going to have mistakes um it's there you can be mental physical there I mean we're just these guys haven't played a preseason game this is their first time playing against live competition and pads so it's it was definitely interesting to watch
1: Yeah, most definitely. And, I mean, Deshaun Watson showed out 253 yards, one touchdown. He did pretty good for anyone who had him on his fantasy team. And, I mean, when you look down on it, their team didn't do too bad. Will Fuller with 112 yards, eight receptions. Jordan Atkins with 39 yards, two receptions. So it was pretty all well-rounded out. And, I mean, pretty average for for their receivers and their players too. But, I mean, when you really look at it, uh, Kansas City kind of tore up as well.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think Kansas City showed that, uh, they their offense their unique style their schemes that really utilize their weapons as far as like using the screen game the, the the sweeps the powers everything in that nature that they just show how they they've been able to execute and win games because I mean every, like they did make some mistakes obviously they cut like they had their their very first possession dropped an open touchdown pass mm-hmm. but I mean Mahomes did great he was 24 32 211 three touchdowns he played pretty well. And the one guy I think that really just made his mark was Clyde Edwards, um, Clyde edwards Alaire. he was absolutely phenomenal. And a lot of people were saying in like the fan, especially in the fantasy football mock drafts, draft rooms, like where is he gonna go? Because obviously he's a rookie. Like, there's any rookie is gonna be have a question mark next to their name in the draft just because you don't know how he's gonna do. Because there's busts, there's always gonna be sleepers. So it was kind of like seeing him being drafted as a a uh, first to second round running back was uh, considered a stretch to a lot of people, but I think he really showed, um, why he fits this scheme. Cause I mean, went running in between the tackles being able to catch like he was just such a functional guy. He could block, he could run through the tackles, run on the outside, catch screen passes. He even ran some routes. I mean, mm-hmm. he was just another weapon that Patrick Mahomes needed. Cause I mean, this this team has so many weapons, it's just so hard to really defend them.
1: Yeah, definitely. And, I mean, they didn't really favor one thing or the other. When you really look at it and add it up with their rushing, they did about 30 or so carries, and with passing, it was about 30 or so passes. Yeah. And Sammy Watkins, Travis Kelsey, and Tabby Kill, the big three of their receivers. They were pretty even out. Sammy Watkins with the most. He had seven re- seven receptions, 82 yards, one touchdown for the three of them. I mean, when you have that kind of production from each of them, I mean, obviously, if you have them on the fantasy team, you want to have them favor them a little bit. But when you have that production from three of your guys and not just one, it's it just bodes for success.
0: Yeah, and I think moving on um, or considering the Houston side of it, they didn't play terrible. I mean, they still put up 20. They did make some mistakes. And I think the one thing that really showed out in this game was Deshaun Watson just doesn't have enough on this offense to really, really turn it up because I mean, when you look at the Chiefs side, you got guys like Sammy Watkins, you got guys like Tyreek Hill, you got guys like C.H. Now, Darrell Williams you can throw in the backfield as well. Mm-hmm. Then Travis Kelsey, arguably, I mean, I would say consensus top two, if not best, tight end in football. And then you got like McCole Hardman and you got Demarcus Robinson. Those guys can really play well. And like on the Houston side of it, Will Fuller had eight catches for 100. 12 yards he had 10 targets and after that the next highest receiver in catches was Jordan Atkins who was the backup tight end considering into week one and like everybody else just it was I mean David Johnson had three um catches but I mean other than I mean aside from that David Johnson played very well he played really well especially his first game back from a long time kind of showed I wouldn't say like the full prime David Johnson but he (laughs) definitely showed what he could do um, when he's fully healthy But like when you have Guys like Randall Cobb Brandon Cooks Kenny Stills The guys that you are relying on To be factors in the passing game Only getting two or less catches That's just not going to be good enough To win a football game
1: Yeah definitely I mean and when you look at it Their stat sheet is a lot less Than what the Ken- our Kansas City is Excuse me I mean Will mm-hmm. Fuller You said he had eight, eight receptions 112 yards But other than that There really wasn't anybody Near that number and when you have that situation where it's more uh run heavy rather than spread out, it's kind of, it doesn't really it doesn't I mean you can't really rely on that, mm-hmm. especially when you have the Kansas City defense who won a Super Bowl last year. And when you try to focus one thing and it's not working, then you got to go to the other, but especially when your receivers aren't doing their job very well or you're not really looking for them cuz they're not reliable right now, you you can't win football games.
0: Yeah, and the, the offensive line for the Texans uh, um, didn't have the greatest of games. I mean, I believe Tunsil had two penalties. I think they had five total penalties. They allowed a couple of sacks on Deshaun Watson, including the pressure that led to his interception. On uh, I, I believe it was a tip ball at the line of scrimmage or whatever, but Watson could not get the ball out cleanly, and it ended up going up in the air, and it was a wide-open pick for the Chiefs that led to a touchdown. But, I mean, the Texans just seem like they always have enough to really – stay around and be in the conversation they just can't really quite get over the hump they have have
1: enough to contend but they don't have anything to
0: finish and I think if you had I mean obviously DeAndre Hopkins that does change the the aspect a little bit just because when he was there their team their passing attack was better because any team with DeAndre Hopkins is going to have a better passing attack regardless of who's around him so but we're just really kind of seeing now what the they're trying to change the the dynamic a little bit. They're, I think they're trying to run more. They're really trying to get David Johnson involved, which is a great thing as long as they do it carefully, because obviously the injury history is a little bit of a concern, but the, they have Duke Johnson, who's actually now banged up, so that's going to be a little interesting now what they do if they're going to mm-hmm. try to go out and get like a Devontae Freeman or something like that as a backup. Could be an idea, but... It'll it'll certainly be interesting to see how the 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 scheme will change for Houston going over time and is we and they've now kind of moved on from the post Hopkins era you could call it but it'll it'll be interesting to see how Houston plays out because I mean obviously with the Chiefs we saw what we expected
1: yeah they they did really well and I mean you really can't I mean at this point when they play bad you're only expecting them to win. And they're gonna be letting people down if they don't get a win. Yeah. Because they're expected to now. Right. Now that they had that Super Bowl championship and now that they have this win over the Texans. But I mean, we're gonna scoot on over to the NFC North uh, with the Green Bay Packers and the Minnesota Vikings. This one was a pretty good game to watch. Uh Minnesota kind of played a little bit soft throughout the whole game. Almost had a fourth quarter push for the win, but came up short forty three thirty four. Brandon, what were your thoughts on this one?
0: Yeah, it was it was a pretty good I – wouldn't, I wouldn't say it was like a, a really fantastic game or anything. I mean, obviously it was high scoring. It was a really um, – It was uh, a spectators game. Yeah, it was a view, It was a viewer-friendly game. Everybody probably enjoyed it. Um, Minnesota, I think, definitely coming in, the question mark was their defense, and I think we really kind of saw what we were expecting to see, and that was the receivers for the Packers taking advantage of that young and unexperienced secondary. I mean – Devonte Adams basically had a field day. He pretty much got open whenever he wanted, and he shows us what he can do yeah. and why he's one of the best. Because anyone-
1: that's, that's a crazy stat line. Yeah. 14 receptions, 156 yards, two touchdowns.
0: Yeah. Especially
1: it, when you look down with Marcos Valdez-Scanling, one touchdown, four receiving, four receptions, 96 yards mm-hmm. on four receptions. And even Alan Lazard, four receptions, sixty three yards and a touchdown.
0: Yeah, like they the the big question mark definitely coming in the twenty twenty draft is all right, when is Green Bay gonna take a pass catcher? When are they gonna take a receiver? When are they gonna take a receiver? When are they gonna take a receiver? Rounds go by, no receivers. They draft through all seven rounds and don't pick up a receiver. It, yeah. They're thinking everybody is questioning what's going on. And really the only answer we can come up with is Matt LaFleur and the wide receivers coach believe that. This trio right here is what's going to be the most successful for and them right they're now. They're showing promise. And they're they are really showing promise. And, I mean, Valdez-Scantling had a beautiful catch um, that led to a touchdown at the end of the second half, sorry, be almost um, to the end of the second half, in yeah. the, late in the second quarter, where he had a ball over the top. I believe it was either off a turnover or some sort of um, momentum changer. It was a big catch. And, um, those guys, I mean, what I really saw interesting out of the Packers was they ran a lot of quick action plays against Minnesota, which we like, they were almost running, I wouldn't say like full chief esque plays. Like you're not seeing like the full, um, arsenal of just sweeps fakes and those things, but they were really doing some quick plays. I know they ran a um, a little jet sweep to Alan Lazard on the outside. That was a really interesting. They had a lot yeah. of quick out passes, some fakes, some screens, stuff we don't normally see. Is I mean, I as a fan, like we often see Green Bay as kind of a more orthodox team. They're really gonna play through their court, their quarterback through the pocket. They're gonna run between the tackles, kind of that sort of thing. And they're really kind of expanding it. I think they that with this younger team, and I think they they've gained a little bit of speed as far as the backfield is. Um, drafting or um, not drafting, but playing a guy like Tyler Irvin, who was on the stat sheet for the first time in a long time. Jamal Williams, is well, out of the backfield, can mm-hmm. catch passes better than a lot of the running backs in the NFL. Um, Aaron Jones did well. He pretty much kind of put up a, a pretty standard stat line for him 16 carries, 66 yards, and a TD. Um, I believe he caught a couple passes. He almost had a really nice touchdown catch in the first quarter, but couldn't quite get his feet in bounds. But that's I mean, that's tough. Rodgers played what phenomenal. He played what he can. 32 44 364 4 TDs. That's a stat line in fantasy that you are just saying. Oh, it's good. Keep it <laughs> coming. It's Keep a it good coming. It's a good day, but I mean, as far as the Vikings are concerned offensively, they didn't play terrible. I mean, they didn't they put up 34 points still. It's just they it's their, not, def, their defense gave it's
1: up just, 43. It's just I mean the Packers outscored him That's really what they can only say
0: Yeah I mean Cousins was 19 of 25 Primetime Primetime Cousins Primetime Cousins Yes Um, On a Sunday night At 1pm in the afternoon But I mean 259 Two TDs He did have a pick It happens Um, Delvin Cook didn't have as he only had twelve carries. They actually gave Alexander Madison a lot of the share. I noticed a lot, and he was actually mm-hmm. doing pretty well. I mean, he averaged eight point three yards a carry compared to Dalvin's four point two. Dalvin he did had the have, same,
1: he had the same amount of yards, but half the amount of carries.
0: Yeah, Dalvin did punch in twice from the goal line. That was good to, for my fantasy team. Yeah, Joe was pretty happy about that one. But um, Adam Thielen played very well. He had six catches, one hundred and ten yards, two TDs. Uh, Bisi Johnson had an all right. Um, in an all right debut. He was three catches for 56 yards. Justin Jefferson, rookie out of LSU, two catches, 26 yards. So, it was it was really mm-hmm. and I wouldn't call it the, like a an average game for the Vikings. It was still good, but I mean, their their offense is working. Yeah. Anytime you score four touchdowns
1: in a game, it's working. Yeah. But it's just that they need to focus on their defense right mm, now because yes. when the when you anytime you let a team score over 30 points on you, it doesn't matter if you're if you score 30 points, I mean if you're the Vikings and you have 34, anytime you have a team score over 30 points, it's going to be tough to win. Yeah. It doesn't matter how good your offense is playing. Yeah. But when the when the Packers came in, you could definitely tell that they were getting ready to play. And I mean, even throughout the game, like I said when we first started talking about them, they they had the lead throughout the whole game and the Packers and the Vikings, excuse me, had a late fourth quarter push and they just came up short. I mean, other than that, they played extremely well it's just their defense that they got to figure out.
0: Yeah, and I think definitely during the offseason they they definitely made a couple sacrifices at the corner position. They um they they lost Xavier Rhodes. Um they lost Trey Waynes as well. So mm-hmm. they 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 had to go with a little bit in experience. They did bolster up the the line game by getting um Gaku from the the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. But it was I mean, here's a, a kind of a crazy stat that Kirk Cousins only had five pass attempts in the first half. Like that's just how, and this is really the reason why is the Packers controlled the entire game. It pretty much seemed like, I mean, looking like this is this is crazy to me. Like I'm still so baffled looking at this because I I unfortunately didn't watch this game as um my team was currently watching. Well, I, yeah, we'll we'll talk yeah. about that in a second. Yeah, but Green Bay um had the ball. For 41 minutes, Minnesota had it for 18. That's the difference in time of possession. Green Bay had it twice as long. I mean, but long. look at
1: that! Look at that productivity, though, that the Vikings were able to produce. Exactly. In the I minutes. mean,
0: Minnesota basically only got to run like 40 plays the entire game, compared to the Packers like 80. When you it's, get twice it, as many play calls,
1: you're gonna have success. Yeah, we know where the problem is, and it's the defense. And if they don't fix that up, there's gonna be a lot more games like this, especially later in the season when it comes down to crunch time. And especially, I mean, I mean, we can kind of switch over now if we want to go across the pond over to Detroit. Our Lions kind of uh, Brandon, I'll, I'll just let you. I'll let you go for a little bit. Uh,
0: I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna be frank. I I watched the first half of this game as a loyal Lions fan would always do. And they were doing okay. There was mistakes made on both sides for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean um It's just so hard being a Lions fan. <laughs> Each year we say it's our year, but it's not. Here like I went outside <laughs> to help my grandparents with uh, some yard work and I can't I check the score third quarter we're up 23 to 6. I'm feeling all right and I come back inside and I see that we blew it and we lost 2723 three straight touchdowns in the fourth for the Bears and the first thing like I see that just Mitchell trubisky wins the game and which is surprising, which I don't but, know if is completely accurate. Watching the highlights. I don't know what it is with the Lions and when we are winning a game, why we take our foot on the off the gas.
1: I I know. Like, okay, when you look at it, three points in the first quarter, three points in the second quarter, no points in the third quarter. Finish it out. Finish play hard the game. But then we let up twenty one points. And then it's just classic Lions, really. I don't know what to say other than it's classic Lions football. This has been.
0: I I absolutely loved the Detroit Lions. I I am a faithful, loyal fan. I've been through this this memo before. The fact that we are still doing it three three years now is just awful. The fact that we have lost this game makes just it is just driving me crazy. The fact that we have put ourselves in position to win how many games in the last three years? We were, last year, we were in contention to, in every
1: game. Yes. Well, almost every game. And then we just let our, like you said, let our foot off the gas. And it makes no sense to me. Because we have, okay, when we have Matt Stafford, people can argue me on this all you want. He's a top five quarterback in the NFL right now. He's a extremely good quarterback, but we don't put anything around him. We got Jeff Okuda last year as our defense, and we thought that was gonna f- we thought that was gonna fix it for this year. Who did not play yesterday because it's he was ridiculous. Injured. And then we we, it's just people say how are the Viking or the Lions not winning? But we don't put anything. We don't really put anything around Matt Stafford, and when we don't build on a quarterback that we signed for, ten years and God knows how much money. M- hundreds of millions of dollars, and we don't capitalize on that, we're, it's just, it makes no sense.
0: It's, it's, like, I'm really trying to, like, keep my composure right now. Let her fly, Brandon. It's, Let it's, her fly. It's really hard. Defensively, the fact that we pushed ourselves back into more zone, giving them more open field for Trubisky to throw to drives me crazy. The fact that we, I'll even go back to last year's Chicago game, and I remember watching this game and thinking the almost the exact same way before the half. We played a great half, or first half. Played great man-to-man, really made great coverage on the receivers, didn't give them anything. We move back to the uh, zone, the end of the first half, they go down and score. And then they get the momentum out of the half and score two more touchdowns. They end up winning like 21-17. That stuff right there drives me crazy because the Bears did not beat us. Just like yesterday, Bears did not we beat, beat us. ourselves every week. We have beaten ourselves so many games. It is just not going. It's it should not be this way. The fact that no. we're still doing it, something has got to change. And I'm not going to fully go out and say that Patricia should be fired right now, but I will go out and say that Matt Patricia needs to figure something out if he wants to keep his job. Because I don't know if I'm a, if I'm a Lions executive and we're still going through this stuff. This is, this is ridiculous. And the fact that he even went to the press conference and they asked him about his coaching choices that were made in the fourth quarter, and he said, I did not do anything wrong. We had individual um, mistakes. That's, that's But we're playing in a softer zone defense to try to prevent them from scoring, which is the only thing they succeeded on in offensively in the first half. That's that's
1: something that the, that's the coach's fault. I mean, he can try to push the blame as much as he wants, but really when it comes down to that, he needs to realize and take charge that I mean, he is more defense heavy, but he has to tell the defense coordinator, "Okay, we're sticking with it." Even if he wants to change it and if it was Matt Patricia that was the one that switched the that was in charge of switching how the defense ran, he has to take responsibility for the loss. It's not a individualistic thing, especially when we hold them the whole time. If it's a switched up if it's a switched up coverage, that's the coach's fault. It's not the player's fault. They can try as best they want, but when something's working, why would you change it? Yeah. It and makes no that's literally the one thing in all of sports that you have to figure out. If it's ain't if it ain't broke, don't fix it. It doesn't matter if it's baseball, basketball, soccer, football, if it's not broken, Matt Patricia, don't do anything to it.
0: Yeah. And we Patricia doesn't deserve all the blame here. Our young corners that is got true. got exposed in the fourth quarter. It was mm-hmm. pretty obvious. They had a lot of open routes, and I mean, uh, give give Trubisky credit on the very last touchdown pass he had. That was a that was a perfectly thrown ball, but I mean, our corners did not play well. Obviously, we had to play um today. Tr- um, I can't I can't remember his name right now. Number thirty four. He was our backup corner. We lost yeah. Justin Coleman early to injury. He did not have a great game. He allowed two touchdown passes. Like that stuff I mean happens. I mean what are you going to do? It's, Def- it's defensively defensively didn't play well enough. And I like how the veterans are coming out and saying that that we need to take this responsibility as a team and move forward. It's not every it's not one individual's fault. It's everybody's fault because it really is. It, it's it's a team loss. It's not an individual game. I mean To me, losing to Mitch Trubisky makes it just that much worse watching the way he played because I don't know how many times he threw a ball and they required... I mean, I think he had four catches. I know definitely Tariq Cohen had to catch a ball jumping one-handed on a screen pass. He missed a guy behind two feet that should have been picked. There was another bobbled interception we should have had. We made too many mistakes Mentally. When we,
1: when we don't capitalize on those just cookies of – of it's just basically served on a silver platter where, like, that ball that was thrown two feet behind that should have been picked and another bobbled pick. Yeah, That's – it's just – it's there's no one to blame but us. I mean, when we play against arguably – I mean, to be honest, I don't think – I don't like Mitch Trubisky too much. He's not very good. No. I mean, he beat Nick Foles out, but there's got to be some other outside – reason why he beat him out, because how does he beat out a Super Bowl quarterback? He
0: didn't, he, like everybody was talking about in camp, that he's, he's, that played that much better to beat out Nick Foles, but yesterday he looked like his normal self. Yeah, he, he's not, he he's hit a, not
1: showing, he's not showing anybody from the outside that he deserves that job, especially with that performance yesterday. I feel like if they played Nick Foles, it wouldn't even been a question if the Bears won, but if we don't capitalize on those mistakes, especially against arguably one of the worst from last year, one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. If we don't capitalize on that, we can just kiss our season goodbye.
0: Yeah, we're gonna be back to three and twelve, and considering if we should fire Patricia once again. And it's it's an, it's, an, it's inevitable, really. We I don't I don't really know how to put it otherwise. Let's go, let's finish this off with some positives from the game. Adrian Peterson looked very good. <laughs> yes, we, we can very say happy. that. I'm happy. I'm happy with that. Yeah, he did fantastic. He ran for I believe 90, 93 yards. Well, yeah, 93, 14 carries. Yeah, he was great. He was looking vintage. He had some explosiveness. Some he was speed. playing. He was playing really good.
1: Average six. So if we gave it, I mean, if we gave it to him, he was gonna be able to get us a first down. Yeah, really.
0: he was doing. He was doing fantastic. Like, like he found the fountain of youth in Detroit. I guess. Like he's doing. He's did great. I mean, I mean, Stafford had a pretty good game. He had that, that tipped pick that's kind of set up the. I mean, the is end it really Matt game.
1: Stafford if he doesn't throw a pick in a game?
0: True. I mean, when. As you I say to, earlier, that he's one of the top when, five quarterbacks. Right. I mean, when you have to throw it 42 times, it's it, it's almost inevitable it's going to get picked unless you're just that good. But, yeah. I mean, um, DeAndre Swift didn't have a big game, and a lot of people are not happy with him mm-hmm. after his drop pass that could have reversed this. This His ending loss. of this game, but I he mean, he didn't get a TD though, so that's all right. He did get a TD at the end of the second quarter, and it was. You know res- I feel depressed again? I don't. I know. I, this our is. Res- just, uh, but I mean, and to close uh, that out, I mean,
1: our receivers they did pretty well. Yeah, It yes, was pretty yes. spread out. Like, I mean, no, no one got more than about five carries. Quint, uh Fish Jones, Hockinson, Amendola. I mean, the top two guys had five receiving yards, but or five, re- five receptions. Excuse me but it was pretty even out for 40 yards, 55 yards, 56, and then Danny Amendola with 81. Yeah, and we, we just weren't able to punch in any touchdowns.
0: Yeah, and one thing I want to point out is a lot of people were quoting that Marvin Hall was going to be the replacement for Galladay, and I personally did not believe this. I believe Cephas is going to play. He's a better, he's a bigger stature. He's the much more skill set to fit in that role because I feel Marvin's a little more speedster. He can kind of play like a double slot with Amendola or whatever when they don't have Hawkins or... That's, but Quintez Cephas, as a rookie, had 10 targets yesterday. He was targeted 10 times. So that tells me that Stafford really trusts him or he can really get open. And, I mean, Marvin Jones and Danny Amendola both had eight um targets, seven targets. They both had about five catches. Those guys showed that they are pretty darn mm-hmm. tough for veterans. I mean, Danny Amendola got, he got popped by two guys at one time near the, the first down marker on one of the catches, and he held on to it. I mean, Marvin Jones absolutely truck-sticked a defender and gained about six more yards for two guys had to bring him down. So we're showing toughness offensively. Our execution needed a little bit of work. Mm-hmm. But week one, not going to get too amped up on that because it happens. It's they the haven't played preseason. It's the start of the year. So
1: There's some other outside sources that probably could have chosen or figured out that outcome. But, I mean, it's kind of tough. But, I mean, to switch over, probably the most anticipated game of this week with the Buccaneers and the Saints, a division matchup of arguably the two greatest quarterbacks in the league and almost of all time, mm-hmm. really,
0: kind of a letdown. Not even gonna lie. Yeah, not not great execution as far as both teams are concerned. Both teams played. I wouldn't consider it like sloppy. It just
1: wasn't where we were. Reco- it's not what we were. It's used not what we expected from Tom Brady and Drew Brees.
0: Yeah, it was not what we expected. I mean, Tom Brady throwing that pick six. That's that's with two interceptions too. That's yeah. Un, that's un, yeah.
1: Uncharacteristic of yeah. Bloomberg.
0: Bruce Bruce Arians after the game, um, he did something that Belichick certainly would not have done. Mm-hmm. He called out Tom a little bit and said that those were both his errors on the interception, which, um, the first one was a question mark because, um, the ball was thrown in the direction of, um, a defender not near Mike Evans. They were. Wondering who was on the part of the miscommunication on that route. Yeah, and Bruce Arians um, told told us that it was it was Evans that made the right call, and Tom had the inaccurate. Um, like uh, apparently Inaccuracy. they were, they were talking about it was a, a zone read on the safety for Mike, and Mike made the right zone, but Brady still threw the 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 called route because it was it was pretty much an option up the middle. He was yeah. going to either stop when the safety came, or he's going to keep going, and Mike stopped. Brady thought he's gonna keep going through it. It, I mean, that was just miscommunication. Bit mis-
1: I mean, they aren't used to playing with each other either. Right. So, I this mean that's, gonna, that's just gonna come with time throughout the season. Yeah. Uh, when you look at other receive- receivers, Scott Miller with five receptions, seventy-three yards. Gronk was a little bit of a less targeted or a less, I guess you could say, attribute of this game. Leonard Fournette with fourteen yards off of one reception. And I mean, when you kind of look at it, OJ Howard with thirty-six yards off of four re- receptions, he did all right. But I mean, really. It kind of came down to Tom Brady's performance with two interceptions and only two touchdowns.
0: Yeah, the the pick six when he threw it t- towards the sideline and it was pick six. Gene, Janoris Jenkins read the route perfectly. That was that was not a veteran quarterback throw. He he should have knew better that that was going to happen. He should have saw Janoris Jenkins sitting out there in the zone, ready to just watching him, ready to throw that ball. But the one thing that we did notice is that um, Gronk is not the number one tight end, and not anymore. Not he's not OJ Howard has kind of even claimed his spot, even though it's a lot of consideration is going to be OJ Howard is going to be Cameron Bray. Is it going to be just given to Gronk? And it certainly hasn't. But it is nice to have Gronk still when you need some short yardage scenarios. That, that, that very
1: veteran mindset. too. Yeah,
0: you can get a quick pass and know he's going to plunge his way for first down or use him in the blocking, or blocking area, as because I mean, mm-hmm. I mean OJ Howard isn't necessarily a blocker as much as a pass catcher, but. Uh, yeah. Ronald Ronald Jones did um, he did pretty good seventeen carries sixty six yards uh, Leonard Fournette only got five touches he got five yards running the ball so not, not the greatest not the greatest but they're still trying to figure that out I think this is probably gonna average be, average one yard so not terrible not yeah it could have been worse could have been negative one or zero but um, Saints. They they played just always, over fundamentally better. Yeah, I mean it was
1: still kind of uncharacteristic. Drew Brees was on. I mean eighteen for thirty. I mean that's still all right, but that's not the 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 productivity and the I mean yeah. the efficiency that we're used to seeing from Drew Brees. And only one hundred sixty yards. He had two touchdowns, but I mean still that's not. It's kind of uncharacteristic. Yeah, we, like, usually,
0: we usually see in the 20s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we usually see a lot a more yards and more touchdowns from Drew Brees. Um, they did run the ball a little bit more than I think everybody expected. Like Latavius yeah. Tav- Murray got 15 carries. Alvin Kamara had 12 carries. And Alvin Kamara, um, as the manager of Captain Kamarica... What well, the best fantasy football team in our league?
1: Don't know, about... well, yeah, right
0: now it probably is. But. I I will admit right now that he did not have that great of a game. He uh-uh. could not run the ball very well, um, and pass catching wise. Yeah, he had 51 yards on five catches and a TD, but 30 of them did come at the end of a ga- at the end of the game, on the trick play when they gave it to Taysom Hill and he throws all the way down the field to Kamara and almost scores just an in your face TD, which later Kamara... I my dad was giving me a hard time about this because I thought Kamara really did score. And then I saw the replay, and he's like, yeah, he didn't score. No. And I was I was really upset. But um, That's funny. As, he didn't watch, I, as I watched the play, I thought he was in, but the replay he was out of bounds. Yeah. But it, it would have gave me six more points and that much more pleasure in my fantasy league. But it's okay. Um, that's what fantasy football does. It this, makes yeah, you root they, for other players. Saints but, really played really well.
1: And, yeah. and, they, I mean, obviously they kind of spread out their offense a little bit more. Like you said, they favored the rushing, receiving. I mean, Jared Cook with eighty out, and then you kind of talked about it already. But
0: Michael Thomas did not, not really, really get targeted. He only had no. five targets,
1: and uh, yeah, oh, excuse me, yeah, and then three receptions, seventeen yards. So only averaging five yards a, a touch. So I mean, that really isn't. Good. Like I,
0: Jared Cook was definitely Drew Brees's like safety outlet yesterday, and it's not Michael Thomas. Like that was something that it's something nobody that's expected coming expecting. Especially
1: in. being a 99 overall in Madden, you'd think he'd be able to. You think he'd be aiming for him a little bit more, but it's a, it was a different look that we saw in the Saints than we're used to. But we're gonna. I mean, they came out with a win against a really tough team, but we're gonna have to see if they're gonna be able to to keep this up or if they're gonna kind of go back to their more traditional style.
0: Yeah, I think. Um, like out of this game both teams had their their miscues and everything the, obviously it's week one in this new this new time right now especially with covid especially with the no preseason with the circumstances going around everything in the world right now you're not expected to be perfect coming out of the gate because mm-hmm. uh, it's just it's just pretty much inevitable with the situation we but and, oh sorry no you're good um Buccaneers made too many mental mistakes yesterday. Definitely. I feel like to win the game. I mean, Brady's two interceptions we talked about. They had had a kick blocked in yeah. the. I believe it was the third quarter or the second quarter. Suck up had a fifty-four yarder blocked that he took. I. Th- it just seemed like that took way too much time to get the ball in the air. It like it was about three seconds where the ball was kicked. So the Saints pretty much swarmed think... and they were pretty much there. And I then think... the kickoff blunder. Yeah. It's, it's something. can't do that stuff to win. A, you want to win a game, you can't do that stuff. I think that comes
1: with the lack of preseason, too. Because Tom Brady, this is the first time in a game-like situation that he's playing with these guys. I mean, mm-hmm. the only one who he's familiar with is Gronk. Mm-hmm. And Gronk didn't even get that many targets. Right. Out. And, I mean, when you look at that, it's going to – I feel – I'm not really worried about this game too much. I mean, I, I know it was against the Saints. And that was a big game for the division. But I think come week three, week four – they're probably going to get a win next week. They're going to be able to edge out a few before they get totally settled. Yeah. But once they come to like the time where they actually are firing on all cylinders, they're playing as a team, they're comfortable with each other and they know like those situations or they know what they're going to make, what decisions they're going to make in those situations where they don't know if they're going to if it's a toss up or what they're going like that, like the interception with Tom Brady yeah. where there's the option. He knows now that he's going to have to figure out what he what his receivers are actually going to do in those situations and he's just going to get more comfortable because he's Tom Brady he's going to figure it out.
0: Yeah, and um Tony Dungy said in the post post game that I think really really kind of um gelled it all together is I mean, when you see Tom Brady like with the Patriots, what you see is chemistry, you see in syncness, you see mentally Efficiency. they're all on the same page efficiently that They've played together for so long. It's going to come naturally. They're all on the same page. They know all what they're doing. Now with this new team, and I would argue that like, as far as Tampa Bay's receivers, they have a lot more electrifying talent to where these guys are going to have a lot more – um, like these guys can go off script a lot more and get away with it than like the Patriots guys because they have the talent where they can turn – pretty. like they can turn – a fake curl into a fade for a touchdown. Like they they're smart enough to make those plays and they're used to that with Jameis Winston. Cause I mean, Jameis Winston, he, you, you never know what's going to happen on every play because everything is going to be set. But like Jameis will do a lot of things that some quarterbacks won't do. And that can turn into 33 touchdowns. And it can also turn into 30 reception or interceptions last year. Yeah. So I think getting those guys on, on, on the same page will take a little bit of time. I mean, Rome wasn't built in one day. I think I say that like literally every I show. I think that's your catchphrase. <laughs> yeah, really. I think if that's my catchphrase. We'll make it on a shirt Um, anyway, but get I, your merch. Yeah, get your merch. Um, but that's definitely, I think, something they're they're going to have to figure out to over time. But I mean, it it was still it was still a good game just to watch and mm-hmm. see all these guys still playing. Age is just a number com- with these guys, so it it should be pretty exciting. Yeah, and I mean, some scores
1: around the league that. I mean, for some games I was pretty looking forward to. Ravens and Browns. Uh, Ravens edged out with 38-6. to six. <laughs> uh, I, was, I mean, I was just looking forward to see, it, like, a new look for Baker and stuff. And also for Lamar. And just oh, no. You said, be you said to
0: edged out 38-6, and
1: I, I lost it right there. But it was like, <laughs> and then yeah. I, when you look at it, Cam Newton and the Patriots able to beat the Dolphins. Dolphins... Yeah. The Dolphins after the game were trying to take Cam Newton's chain. Did you see that? Yeah,
0: I did see that. But That's I mean, funny. one thing I would like to point out: New Era, in New England. Like Cam Newton ran the ball, I believe, fifteen P- or sixteen times. That's a franchise franchise record in New England for a quarterback running the ball. Chimes have changed, and I think Josh Daniels is really looking forward to it. Yeah, and but, I think
1: Bill Belichick is looking forward to a new asset that he can put into yeah, his offense. Different way. He to never had that with coach, Tom Brady. For sure. And I mean, the Rams and Cowboys. Rams able to beat the Cowboys twenty to seventeen. I was looking for I was pretty happy with that cuz Jared Goff's my quarterback. Had yeah. a few, had a pretty solid amount of points coming to that. But tonight, um 7:10 p.m. Steelers face off the Giants. I don't know if they're in Pittsburgh or if they're in um uh New York, but uh I believe they're in Pittsburgh. And then, Oh, uh,
0: no, they're not. They're in New York. I like. And them.
1: then Titans face off against the Broncos. So if you have Derrick Henry on your fantasy team, you're probably going to be pretty happy. Um I think he's going to be able to get a lot of points. Um but yeah, especially with Mon Miller gone. Yeah, mo- so it's gonna. I feel like it's gonna be a heyday for him. But mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of football that we had to look forward to last week, yeah. and a lot more to look forward to today and next week, and oh, this upcoming week. I'm um, on Thursday and Sunday, and looking forward to week two of the NFL. Um, but I mean, Brandon, if we look at our fantasy league, who are you kind of looking forward to?
0: Uh, my team getting the <laughs> dub this week. No, <laughs> no, I, my team played pretty well. I and Matt Ryan, Alvin Kamara did pretty well. They didn't, um, Matt Ryan threw for 450 yards on Sunday. He did still lose the game to Seattle, but, um, they had a heyday in the passing attack. we they had three, 100 yard receivers, including Russell Gage, who was pretty much a, the new guy on the block. That's filling, um, Muhammad Sanu's old spot. But I mean, overall my team played pretty well. Got A lot of quality, like said that floor, I or that floor on my team really got to see it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Joe Mixon didn't have that great of a game, but I mean with the Bengals offense, I think they're really starting to figure that out because I think now they're really feeling without um, with Joe Burrow there, they can do so much more than with Andy Dalton there. There's so much more explosiveness, um, like like they have so much more they can do in the playbook now with Joe Burrow being Mm -hmm. such a playmaker and a good. Usually a pretty good decision maker. Yesterday he made a pretty bad one trying to pitch that ball that got picked. That was a bad decision. But, yeah. but I mean Rick, this is his Ricky first mistake. this
1: is his first time in the NFL and yeah. like on a on a big time I mean you can say like the with the national championship, but I mean not all those guys are gonna go to the NFL. These are the best of the best that he's facing off. Yeah. And I mean when you really look at it, he did he did pretty fantastic for his first timeout. Yeah, for sure. They weren't able to get the win. But I mean, hey, Justin Herbert got the win. So I mean that's pretty good. Well Tyrod
0: nice. Taylor actually got the win.
1: Tyrod Taylor did
0: Yeah, he's starting. Oh, my Justin bad. Herbergeno didn't starting. even know that. Justin my bad. No, you're good. I was going to uh, say Battle of the Rookies, but Battle I guess of the not. Rookies. Yeah, thing. That would have been I didn't, That would have been an exciting matchup I know, to see those two play. that would have been pretty nice. But I mean, playing against Lamar and Chris Carson who went off, still pulling out the win. Um, I know Hunter, like Hunters players, they they definitely underperformed and I I know what that feels like. So, I mean That's a big oof. Yeah, my team pulled out the floor they needed. Going to be probably getting or it's probably going to be enough to get the W. I'm not going to say anything yet cuz obviously got um, Monday night coming up. He's mm-hmm. got Evan Ingram. I got James Conner. So anything can happen. A little bit tough, but hoping for the best. Um, Joe, your team um, didn't. It's not.
1: Okay. Didn't play bad. We we didn't weren't terrible, bad. but we weren't great. I mean, obviously, like I said, Jared Goff was my quarterback. He only got fifteen. So I mean that he. It's a it's a solid floor, but it's not
0: where I like it yeah, to be. Yeah, you want more. You and want you want more touchdown my, passes. My most
1: my biggest my biggest asset was Dalvin Cook um, from Minnesota. He got 21 points. I was really happy with what he did with those two touchdowns. But I mean,
0: Julio did pretty good as well. He had 157 yeah, yards. this year. Your evening.
1: your quarterback was able to find him yes, a lot
0: for sure.
1: He had he only had nine receptions and 157 yards. Yeah, I didn't think, score any touchdowns, which kind of would have boosted his score up a little bit. But. Yeah,
0: I think the story with your matchup um, playing Bang. playing Brennan Burke from Front Row Sports, Cardi BB, as you would say. Um, you ran into Kyler Murray and Josh Jacobs who put up a combined 61 points. Yeah, Ouch. against the
1: 49ers <laughs> defense. So, yeah, I mean, so both of those guys I, I was not expecting that, especially playing against the 49ers, but mm-hmm. I yeah, mean, all, that was credit definitely to him, all credit to him with f- starting that. But I mean, Juju Smith-Schuster's playing tonight against the Giants, he's projected 14. I don't know if that's going to be enough because Bren also has Saquon that has to play tonight Ooh. and he's up by 7 points uh so I don't if You have a If you, Saquon has a catastrophic injury or a terrible performance that'll bode well for my fantasy team.
0: Yeah, you'd hate but, to see it but it it would have at least one positive for you. Yeah. You have a 19% chance to win. Hey, we've seen I mean, hey, Thunder made it in less than 5% in mean, NBA playoffs. Is, Wake so.
1: Forest beat Duke with a 2% chance to yeah, win. So, so anything can happen. Anything can happen. Uh, I don't know, but it Coming up, uh, both my defenses. I gotta kind of probably switch out because next week they're gonna both be playing pretty tough teams. Um, yeah, but I mean we're gonna kind of see how that goes. I mean we're we're pretty excited for this week of fantasy. I mean it's we're finally getting down to the wire. Yeah, and starting it off with a pretty solid week. Both all basically all teams are pretty pretty close. I mean the most I think that we've seen is probably a twenty point difference with. Um,
0: Kyle and, yeah, Kyle and Barrett. Kyle and Barrett. our now, buddy that, Barrett Jones did not have a. Gr- uh, he had a good, good I fantasy mean, week. Barrett isn't like just, five
1: fantasy league, so is his his <laughs> his attention yeah. stretched pretty thin. It stretched
0: pretty thin, but I mean, he Barrett had um, a rough task. He had to overcome Josh Allen's three touchdown game, Zeke's monster game he had last night, and Calvin Ridley, who had two touchdowns on nine with nine catches and on 130 yards, coming back to beat that team. Is a pretty tough task. So, uh, shout out to Kyle for putting that team together. That, he's projected 156. That's pretty impressive, especially for pretty incredible. a 12-team league. That's really impressive. Um, But Johnny Yonker's team, um, our buddy Sean O'Mell ran into – I mean, it, it, that seems like it's the MO right now. Is everyone's just running into the team that's a brick wall. It's just insane to see, like, these teams performing so highly in week one. But – Overall, not a not a terrible game for Sean. Just Johnny had some guys that played extremely too. well. I mean, J.K. Dobbins had two rushing touchdowns. That certainly helped, especially when he has DeAndre Hopkins and Adam Thielen on his team for receivers who just went off for sixty combined points. No big deal. But. I, yeah, it's not that. <laughs> yeah, that's what happens in fantasy. You're going to run into teams that just have those players that just go ballistic one week. So, the- and, then that, and
1: then you just got to kind of find those other players, and you got to find those players that are a good floor, find the players that have a very solid, fairly solid ceiling, and then those players who, I mean, We'll go off every
0: once yeah, in a while. For sure. Um Ryan Simmons coming out with the likely win against uh Miley Roberts. She had a she had a rough week. She had Marlon Mack who went down early for an injury, also had Tom Brady's two interceptions. So not the ideal start. And she started Gronk, and we've now learned Gronk is not gonna have the volume that we so excited. So um it's Team it's, Saquad's without Saquon. Everyone's <laughs> probably falling the win
1: everyone's got some work to do. Everyone's got some uh, players to move in, move out, make some trades, do some good stuff. See if they can kind of make a change for next week. I know I have to make a couple changes for next, for this week coming up. See if I can get some new defenses and stuff like that.
0: Yeah. And even Travis, who he had um, Miles Sanders as his, his um, RB two, he's going to probably have to make some decisions as mm-hmm. he was out this week, um, which did probably was a big factor in his loss to um, Calvin Rohde in this week. But it's going to be really exciting. I mean, it's week one. You're still trying to figure out the dynamic of your team, who, what kind of players are doing what, what the roles are going to be. So it's a long season, so it's going to be really exciting. Um, as now we transition into the the basketball world we've kind of been going over with. Um, the There was actually an NBA game a couple days ago, if you didn't hear about it. Um, the Denver Nuggets are pulling off a pretty incredible comeback right now as they have officially tied the series 3 to 3 with the Los Angeles Clippers the
1: LA the LA uh wow. or western conference final might not happen this, by the way that Denver's playing it's it's pretty insane I, to see how this this Nuggets
0: team is playing. I don't know man this is i mean the fact is it was, it was 3-1 oh yeah LA's got this in the bag but Denver, especially... Denver coming back to play as well as it have been, has been. Especially Michael Porter Jr. A little said, bit No, 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 no. We're definitely going to make this a series. And they certainly have. I mean, Michael Porter has been great. He had 13 points in their game. I believe it was on um, Saturday. Yeah. He was great. Jamal Murray. Seven rebounds, too. They call it Chokic. I mean, watching the highlights, that dude shot the lights he out, okay. 34 points. Nikola Jokic Incredible.
1: just doesn't seem like a guy who would have the skill set that he has, like a big guard, especially for how big he is and how how he moves around kind of like Dirk would move around. Yeah, I, I can see kinda that. Where it's kind of lanky, but, I mean, he's just a guy who, he's a unit. Mm-hmm. That's the only word I <laughs> can describe unit. him as. 34 points in 40 minutes and 14 rebounds, 7 assists. You and don't, that's you,
0: a norm, that's a normal night for him. Yeah, and you don't that's not a normal night for any center in the NBA for no. the most part. I mean, like he's got the all like he's got the tools ha- to be special and he special. has the and he has the abilities to to
1: have longevity because he's not in the post all the time, backing people down and using his body and trying to Worked that for, to his advantage He's been able to shoot threes He's been able to move around a lot more And I feel like that's going to really produce some longevity for the Nuggets Yeah,
0: I th- I mean really It seems like the story with the Clippers is I mean this team has They have overall more talent, more depth than Denver I would say that's fair mm-hmm. Um, But as far as like scoring wise Looking at the last two games They don't have the better production really. George and Kawhi, they've done their part I mean George had 33 Kawhi had 25 They, had, they did what they had to do Everybody no else, one else is had knowing no
1: there the only Lou Williams and Jermichael Green, those were the only two other people over ten points with yeah. eleven and fourteen. So yeah. when you have that situation where you're not backing up the top two guys, if you don't just have a third guy with twenty points or fifteen, it's yeah. tough to win any game. If you just have two guys producing in the rest of the team, that leaves way too much for them to that leaves way too much for Kawhi and Paul to leave on their shoulders.
0: Yeah, it's it's just like it's a situation where you, if you're going to be a top tier finals looking yeah. team like you have to put games like this away. You have to get to the next game and I mean looking at the stats, this is pretty this is pretty daunting if you're the Clippers. This team is 0 and 7 now in playoff clinching games. 0 and 7. The Clippers? They've had a chance to close out 7 times and they have not done it until game 7 because <laughs> last they had to pull out game 7 last series and now they have to do it again.
1: I'm and honestly if the Clippers are able to pull it out, mm-hmm. it's they have if they keep on playing the way that they have been playing when they go to game 7 and the Eastern Conference Finals only game goes to 5 or 6 games for and that's going to be tough because they're playing close to 10 11 more games than the other teams on the other side of the sta- of the country have. And mm-hmm. that's going to be tough for that's going to be tough for anybody to really last long, especially when you're playing way more games and you're taxing your body way more and you're having less time to rest.
0: It, it, yeah. Le- it
1: leaves a lot more factors to to put in to the game that you're going to have to worry about.
0: Yeah, you're putting more stress on yourself than you really need to, it seems like. And, I mean, the Clippers, it's not like they're getting outplayed by Denver. I mean, they were up by 16 at the half. Yeah. They, they pulled at Detroit. Detroit. They they lost the game in the second <laughs> half. It's just not that you just gotta close the game out. I keep concerning that, but you just have to close the game out. And I mean the fact is is they were up by sixteen and a half, lost by thirteen. That's not pretty. You gotta you gotta be able to close games out, especially if you're gonna play teams like mm-hmm. the Lakers and whichever team comes out of the Eastern Conference is going to be a tough task because both of those teams are playing they, fantastic and they're both very young. Yeah. So they have
1: the energy and the abilities to go for those exact go for those long series and then come out 2 days later ready to play. And it's it's going to be something that both of the both LA teams and if the Nuggets pull out or edge out uh the Clippers, they're going to have to worry about that.
0: Yes. So that'll be really interesting to see how that plays out not tonight um, but tomorrow night, the 15th, we'll see who can close out the series if the Nuggets can pull the improbable but ever-so-daunting 3-1 comeback or the Clippers can once again shut their dreams and just... Just be Clippers fans again. Yeah, <laughs> just pull it out once again in a Game yeah. 7, but... um. Kind of closing out the show here, um, we talked about the PGA tour. Um the Safeway open took place over the weekend. Not a lot of big names, still some pretty good golf played. Yeah. But Stewart um,
1: Singh came out with a win. Uh yeah. Under twenty-one throughout the rounds. I mean, that's that's really about it. I mean there was like you said, there wasn't really many big names, but it was still good golf to watch. I mean Silverado Resort and Spa, the North Course, that's a beautiful course to play. Yeah, at. for the, sure. The purse was six point six million so although it's not the hey, biggest I would play for I mean, that much hey, money for if sure. If it's that much money, count me in. Yeah. But I mean not the biggest purse we've seen and not the smallest purse we've seen. So it's kind of in mm-hmm. one of those middle kind of for those guys who are near the bottom of the of the leaderboard of the PGA that are trying to still make their case for being those guys that can go into the big tournaments, get that invite and stuff like that. But next week is the big one. Yes. It's the US Open at Winged Foot. We talked a little bit about it last week. Um, kind of just uh, the purse and stuff like that, and who's on the player field. I mean, we'll say it again: twelve point five million dollar purse. Million. So that's a big payout, even for the last per, even for the person in last place. That's ridiculous.
0: Yeah, that's it's going to be exciting. And I, I've looked at the course. I know you have too, mm-hmm. Joe. I mean, being a, I would consider myself an average to below average golfer. This course, uh, it looks a little scary. I'm not going to lie.
1: If you haven't seen the video. There's one. I'll just explain it in one word: fast. Yes. The greens are fat. It's. It just seems like it's dry. Mm-hmm. There's a. There's literally a video of this guy who's probably what was it like probably 30, 30 feet, forty feet from the pin. I think so. He just drops the ball down, just from just from like shoulder height. He drops it down and it skids. It's it's like it has a motor in it. It's literally <laughs> screaming towards the hole. Yeah. That's how fast it's off a little drop, and these players. I'm just gonna say, these players—they're gonna make it look extremely easy. But I guarantee, after the first round, it there's gonna be there's gonna be people saying not. it was it's the hardest course to play because when you have greens like that that are turtleback, where there's, I mean, it's basically just a mound that you're trying to putt on. It's gonna be tougher to sit on the greens, and especially to get it six feet into the pin, six feet or into the pin. That's gonna take some extreme control. And some extreme short game. I mean, it's gonna be insane.
0: Yeah, I mean, Winged Foot has the the definite historical, just the the aura that this is a tough place to play. It's not gonna it be. It always has been. It's been a tough course. It's not. You're not gonna see thirty, like thirty, forty under par. Not gonna happen mm-hmm. whatsoever. Twenty might even be a stretch because this course it, it's really tough. There's parts where it's attackable. But boy, it's deceptive. There's a lot of lot of holes where you feel you're in a good spot. You can hit a fairway, but then you just don't just don't quite remember there's a bunker on the right. And now you're really in trouble trying to save par. So it's a very deceptively tough course. Um, the greens, definitely one of the hardest parts, really fast, a lot, a lot of action on the greens. So definitely gonna be a place where you have to have good distance control, good spin control, and make sure that you're hitting your shots just the way you want cuz any mistake game, can leave the a The Iron
1: stroke. game is going to be is going to be the definition for every player there.
0: Yes, if you can't hit your irons well enough, well you, you might want to figure it out before this weekend or you're going to have a rough time cuz
1: they're going to literally I if they're in if they're 150 yards, 200 yards into the pin, they're going to have to sky it to make it sit because if it's a little bump and run onto the onto the green it's going to be on the opposite side. It's not going to be able to sit unless you literally put no
0: effort into it. Yeah. It's going to be.
1: Yeah. I'm expecting to see a lot of above par. Yes. Um, I would say from the best guys like Roy McIlroy that are showing up. John Rahm, I think is there. Dustin Johnson, Mm -hmm. Uh, Justin Thomas. There's going to be a lot. I feel like we're going to see a lot of, a lot of pluses. Yeah, I Rather think a lot of I think
0: that would be a fair estimate as far as a prediction goes. We're going to see above over par, especially from probably the amateurs for sure. That yeah. these guys haven't played this course before, or have they? Might have experienced it, but I mean, this is a course where you feel like you've really got to dial your game in for this course because it's just unlike a lot of the courses that you have. I mean, there's just so many things that are tough. Those deceptive bunkers. You got the real. They have some pretty narrow fairways considered to some mm-hmm. of the other courses. And I mean here's the the part that even gets me like this just really shows is like I believe it's um number 2 number 6 maybe and I know 16 you have to worry about trees near the green <laughs> that's that's wild that's that's like, nothing you don't normally see you don't see.
1: see that on a PGA uh course you no. see that on like your just like your your average the working country man club. the working man's golf course yeah
0: now, like they have to worry about. I know there's one. I they think, haven't
1: seen that yet this year.
0: Yeah, like that's that's crazy. Like the fact that you're gonna it have is, to worry about. Oh, yeah, okay, I'm approaching the green.
1: All right, where's that
0: tree? I can't hit. You're gonna have <laughs> like, to
1: worry about. You're gonna have to worry about not only a tree to get past. You're gonna have to worry about. All right, I gotta land this soft so it doesn't go very far. I gotta either put backspin so it doesn't roll off the backside of the green. Just, I gotta make sure the backspin isn't too much so that way, way it doesn't way too way, roll too, many way too far the other side. It's gonna come down to which team is gonna keep. Which 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 team of the player and the caddy is going to be on the same mindset? Who's going to be able to keep their focus the longest? And who's going to be able to just push their way through? Mm-hmm. Who's going to be able to, um just yeah, keep that mindset? Because if you don't keep that mindset, you're not going to be able to focus on whether that green is there, if you're going to forget about a bunker or what. But, I mean, I'm excited. Uh, I'm it's excited gonna, to watch.
0: It's going to be exciting. Um, it's uh, going to be a very exciting t- Um gateway to the end of the pga season obviously Um, only a couple months left too yeah only a couple months left until inevitably there will be snow it's kind of crazy to think about with everything that's going on yes we do have to worry about snow soon so but today has been an excellent episode i hope you guys really enjoyed it um we can't wait to be back Wednesday. We'll be back once again. Probably going to be talking some more college sports as there's some big news coming, especially that we have now. We have undisclosed yet until Wednesday. So you guys are going to want to stick to Or stick Tune to in, Stay <laughs> tuned to that episode. So, Joe, it's always good.
1: Always good to be back in the studio. Always good to see you, Brandon, and yeah. talk sports. That's so special. excited for Wednesday. Very excited for this upcoming week of sports. It's going to be a great time. It's
0: going to be a great time. So thank you guys. And we will see you on Wednesday. Goodbye. Take care, everybody.